Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mindful Narcissist Podcast. I'm your host, the Mindful Narcissist, and I'm titling this episode, I Peaked at 15. Um, I don't really think that I peaked at 15, but that's snappier than saying that I think I hit one of my peaks at 15. And I intend for the next two to be at 27 and 45. I definitely feel the build-up to the one at 27 right now. No pressure on 27-year-old Caitlin, but I do think it's going to be good. I have this thing about numbers that are factors of three, which is really why I chose 27 and 45, because, you know, 27 is three cubed and 45 is three squared five times. And then 15, the original peak, is five times three as well, and these are all just really good numbers. But I'm saying all this because if you're trying to find yourself, firstly, cheesy as it is, consider not thinking of it that way because it is a very real thing to be, you know, trying to find yourself, but I think the way that you phrase it matters. And so let's say that um, you're not a lost thing that needs to be found, and this is all just a journey. But still, if you're looking for a bit of direction, I would suggest looking back to childhood. Because I think for most of us, there was probably at least one point before we became adults where we were really pretty fully ourselves. I've been getting back into a few things recently, cross-stitching and photography that are hobbies from when I was 15. And when I was 15, I had a fashion slash lifestyle blog that felt a lot like, I think I used that blog very similar to the way that I use social media now. This is something that I've said a lot in various conversations and in therapy sessions since this whole pandemic shenanigans started and I really got time during the lockdowns to slow down and reflect. I've been feeling like I've been returning to myself. And I think the last time I felt this much myself was around 15. So who was I at 15? I, I remember myself being incredibly confident for that year of my life, which is a big change from how timid I feel I was for like my entire life previous and very different from like how anxious and depressed I was for several years after that. I was, I was an anxious kid prior to that as well, but I feel like I just really came into myself for that short period of time. I nearly uh, fell in love for the first time that year. It was my first really serious crush. Um, it was kind of cute. We didn't get to see each other in person much, but we texted. And at that stage, I had a little brick phone with just a certain number of minutes and no memory. So like, I couldn't save any of my texts, but I had a notebook where I would write down my favorite texts from him that I wanted to remember. It's adorable. Um, I wish so badly that I still have that notebook. It would make the most incredible piece of art somehow. First heartbreak too, he hardcore ghosted me by moving across the country, um, which is coincidentally now my go-to move for dealing with my boy problems. Like the amount of men that I ghosted when I moved to Ireland. Hmm. At 15, I was cross-stitching a lot, mostly very Mormon-y things like uh, temples. My maternal grandma taught me to cross-stitch when I was really little, a good while before she died, I think, and she died when I was eight. But the pattern she taught me with was these pansies with Lily of the Valley. I think it was like six maybe when I started it, and I finished it when I was 14 or 15 and getting back into cross-stitching. I now have a tattoo of that cross-stitch, my first one, that I started with my grandma. She would, like, make us cross-stitch Christmas ornaments every year. And I just, I have so much love for my grandmother. If I were into the idea of guardian angels, she would definitely be mine. I started cross-stitching again to feel close to her. And now that I've started it, 
again, now as an adult, it still really serves that purpose. But now, I think I also really appreciate the ritual of it in a way that I doubt I really did at 15. And like, the way the tiny crosses echo the tiny circles in my drawing practice. I'll just sit there for hours with it. I, I love it. And I love that it makes me feel like I'm in touch with teenage me, as well as in touch with my grandma. And then photography. So after my disposable camera adventures recently, which I loved, I'm now properly getting into film photography, or starting to anyway. I've got a friend's old film camera and a load of black and white film. And this last weekend I went out and like, I, I did intend to do it properly and watch a ton of videos and read things about how to adjust it and whatnot. And like, I got a light meter app on my phone cause I know my friends who shot film used one. But then I got restless and just looked up how to load film and senselessly tweaked a few things looked at the light meter app and like, I, I don't know, I thought it would be more intuitive, but it made no sense. So I just like didn't bother using it at all. And I just went out in the evening when there were some nice dramatic shadows and walked around downtown and shot an entire roll of film with absolutely reckless abandon. And it felt amazing. And I can't wait to do more. I've, I've had a digital camera, like a DS, DSLR for a while now. I got one before I went to Italy that I ended up actually selling before I moved to Ireland so that I could pay for my immigration fees. And then I got another one a year or two ago that I still have now. But I never really saw my digital camera as something that I could make art with. It's just like a tool, a tool for documentation. I really just use it to document shows I've curated or art that I made. I kind of hate using it otherwise. For several years now, I've professed a hatred for photography and I've blamed two experiences for that. First, the course I took in Italy, and then the wedding that I shot. So the course I took in Italy was with this professor that I think had very, very high expectations for me because I was either the only art student in there or like one of two art students. And so we started off every class with a critique and you were meant to, you know, bring your three best images from the previous assignment to the table. And I remember our first critique, she had me go first because she was like, oh, you've done critiques before. And I put up my three best photos and her first comment was, and you're sure these are your three best photos? And it was really funny because like after the class, Everybody was like, oh my gosh, like, are you okay? That was awful. And I just brushed it off and I was like, guys, I'm an art major. Like, this is just how critiques go. I'm totally used to it. Which was an absolute lie because none of my critiques during my undergrad were real critiques at all. Like, this course was probably the closest I ever got to, like, that stereotypical breaking your soul type of art school critique. But yeah, she was just, she was a very harsh critic, and I'm sure it's because she just wanted me to do well because I was an artist, but it wasn't particularly encouraging, <laughs> and I just, I had a really hard time adjusting things, so I gave up and just shot on auto, and there was one day that, like, I didn't, I think I forgot my SIM card, no, not SIM card, SD card, that's what cameras use. I forgot my SD card at home, and so I had to shoot the entire class on my phone, and it was a food photography day. And that day I came out with the best images I had all week because I just hated, hated the camera. So yeah, that was, that was the first experience that made me hate photography. And then after I got back from Italy, I was asked to um, photograph a friend's wedding reception, 
which was held in the cultural hall of a Mormon building, which is basically the gym. Um, so already terrible lighting. And for their decoration, there it was exclusively lit with um, fairy lights. So extremely poor lighting. I was kind of set up for failure. And also, like, I'm pretty sure I was only asked because I was, like, an art major and I owned a camera. And that just makes people think that you know how to photograph things. But, um, yeah, so I, I did a really terrible job shooting her wedding reception. And I felt really terrible about it. And I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, like, trying to edit the photos into something that I could be somewhat proud to send her. And, yeah, it just, it was bad. It was really, <laughs> it was really very bad. For a while now, though, I've said that the course in Italy was my first experience with photography, and that I've always hated it and been awful with it. But as I was thinking about what I was going to say in this episode, I remembered that actually the first course I took for photography was when I was 15. I'd, like, completely forgotten about it. But I actually love that course. You have to get elective credits to graduate high school, and music is an elective, but since I went to a performing arts high school and everyone was required to take music, and the point of an elective was kind of to get to choose a class, they gave us two weeks every semester where we got to choose two fun elective classes and do nothing but those two classes for two weeks. It was actually really great. I took a lot of really cool classes. Like, that was how I took Irish. I took sailing once, and I took a culinary arts class. I took cricket, but really just because the boy I was dating was in it, and I was literally just the scorekeeper the whole time, which was a bit ridiculous. But anyway, I took a photography class. At the time, just with my tiny little, you know, the 2000s digital cameras. But I loved everything about the class, and I loved going out and taking photos every day and editing them after. And I liked the photos that I took so much in that class, that I went and I printed them out into a book paired with some of my favorite quotes at the time, which is basically my first venture into creating zines. So like, I have a history of this stuff. But it was really fun to remember that, that actually my experiences in college were not my first experiences with photography. They just kind of spoiled my experience of photography. And this joy that I'm getting from it right now is again, something that's hearkening back to that fullness and joy in life and in myself that I got to experience at 15. I also, as I mentioned, had a fashion lifestyle blog at 15. I'm pretty sure I've also mentioned this before on previous episodes. I think I mentioned it in relation to the coincidences in my life leading up to Ireland, because when I made this blog, my dad didn't want me putting my real identity on the internet, so I gave myself the pen name Neve, which, you know, is an Irish name. But I started this blog as a personal progress project, which was that program for girls 12 to 18 years old in the Mormon church. I'm not sure how exactly I fit it into one of the values, a fashion blog. Personal progress is split into values, which are faith, divine nature, individual worth, knowledge, choice and accountability, good works, integrity, and virtue. And I am very impressed that I can still rattle those off from memory. So each value had a handful of shorter tasks called experiences and one big eight to 10 hour project. I can't remember exactly the time requirement. I think the blog was for my divine nature project, but again, no idea how I made that fit. It was like my third time around doing the whole program. So I was probably being pretty loose with the prompts uh, that time around. But I started this blog 
and I posted outfits and lifestyle posts, which is hilarious because, hello, I was 15, I was a child, what lifestyle? I had a lot of blogger friends though, which is also hilarious to me. I've recently kind of randomly just been coming across a lot of the bloggers I used to follow when I was a blogger. They've been coming up on my Instagram discover page because they have, of course, made the shift to being like basically Instagram influencer personalities now. And when I started coming across them, I was so surprised because I was like, but surely they must be too old to really be relevant on the internet anymore. But like when I was 15, they were probably only like my age now, which means now they're just in their mid thirties. And like as a 15 year old, a 25 year old seemed ancient, but now that I'm 25, half my friends are in their mid thirties and a decade isn't really that much of a difference at all. It's also funny because like at 15, I was friends with a few of these bloggers and I thought I was really clever, never alluding to my age and acting like I was older. And I was really sure that I had them all fooled into thinking I was like, I don't know, 19 or 20. But now at 25, I'm pretty sure I'd be able to tell if some 15 year old was trying to befriend me on the internet. Although like teenagers do look a lot older nowadays. Back in the early 2010s, a 15 year old looked like a 15 year old. But anyway, now I'm like, they were also nice for pretending to be genuinely interested in me as a human being. Like, there's no way they didn't know I was a literal child. So, yeah, they were all just really very lovely and nice to me. I, uh, I intended to read some blog posts here, like posts about actual things, because I think it's funny and interesting how much my tone then very much echoes the tone that I use on Instagram now. And also probably the tone I use in the podcast. But... Then I came across a specific series of posts that we would do weekly, and I'm gonna read from those instead because they are gold. It was a series called uh, Dear Boys, and there was a blogger, a Mormon blogger that must have been in her early 20s. Her name was Elise, and I think she went to like BYU. But she started this series, and a ton of us just wrote these Dear Boys posts every Wednesday, and we all linked them up so we could see everybody else's. But just, just listen to these. Dear Boys, September 5th, 2012. Dear Boys in general, I'm sick of you all. Love, Neve. Dear Duck, which everybody obviously got code names in these posts. Dear Duck, we all know you're totally leading me on. And regardless of how happy it makes me, how you do it, not the leading on part, it's not cool. Love, Turtle. And I also, you know, gave myself a code name that was relevant to their code name in each separate letter. Anyway, Dear D, I don't like you anymore or approve. The BFF. Dear Spaniard, there's a house in my neighborhood for sale. Move here and be wonderful. Love, 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 la senorita. This one makes me gag. My dearest stripling warrior, which you'll only get that reference if you grew up Mormon. Um, can we just get married now? All my love and then some, your virtuous woman in training. The following Wednesday, September 19th. Dear boys in general, last time I was sick of you guys. Now I'm just sick. Sniffle, cough, sneeze, wheeze. Love, Neve. Dear duck, you make me smile. You can keep doing that for as long as you want. Smiley face. Love, turtle. Dear Tom, please go away. It's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's just you're you. Sorry, Neve. My dear Spaniard, you're getting replaced. How many times do I have to tell you to move here already? 
Love, love, love. La Senorita. Dear Hobbit. I assume this is a short guy. You're cute. In, like, the sweet little kid kind of way. Which is definitely still a compliment. Yours, Neve. Dear cool guy. I'm not that young. At least you're trying to make up for somehow never noticing me before. <laughs> I can't even read these. At least you're trying to make up for somehow never noticing me before. Sincerely, not a frosh. October 17th. Dear Red, I don't even like you, but you were number one on my list for a while. You do this and you're a winner. Too cute. Um, and this is linked. I'm not gonna click on the link right now, but I'm pretty sure I actually do remember this. I'm pretty sure it's a link to, um, is it from the Princess Diaries movie? I think where the guy like gets, takes an eyelash off of her face and he was like, oh, make a wish. And I, I specifically remember this incidence of of this boy doing that to me and me dying um <laughs> dear duck tonight and friday larve turtle dear nm you're confusing unsure jk dear rabbit you too yours sane those ones are my favorite those like incredibly cryptic ones i think are great dear train i'm sorry but you don't need to treat me like i'm five apologies neve november 7th Dear Train, I totally wasn't kidding about that date. Unless you start lecturing me about Duck again, then I'll take it back. Try me. Filio Neve. Dear Duck, it's been a really long month, and there's still a couple weeks to go. Love, Turtle. My dearest Spaniard, is it kind of funny that you've been replaced by someone that's actually a Spaniard? See you sometime, La Senorita. That's funny, because... That has actually helped me figure out who someone else is, and they were not, in fact, a Spaniard. Dear Ewok, it's nice to know that you care enough to throw my music stand into the audience if I ever get gauges. Thankfully, we'll never have to go through that, but it was a sweet thought. Love you too. Meep. Dear Twelve, oh my gooseness. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, I was staring at you playing the piano during the entire jazz show. <laughs> If anybody who went to high school with me listens to this episode, that alone actually should give away who that was. <laughs> anyway, I was staring at you playing the piano during the entire jazz show. If we ever got married, I would make you play piano for me all the time. Love, rethinking my Katniss status. Dear doctor, I was getting my hopes up just a little, and then you went and brought your girlfriend to church. What is she still doing in California? Meh. Scarlet. I wish I could remember who that was. My dearest stripling warrior, I haven't been thinking about you nearly enough lately. I'll get on that and keep working on being ready for you. Oh, my love and then some. You're a virtuous woman. <laughs> oh, that was fun. I hope there's no way you enjoyed that as much as I did, but I hope you enjoyed it at least a little bit. I cannot for the life of me remember the majority of those. Although there were a few that I remember very clearly. And a lot of them that I can remember are actually definitely still connected with me on Instagram. Which is also kind of fun. Because that also means there's a chance that they listen to this podcast. I, I don't think any of them would. But if you're a boy that listens to this podcast and like you knew me in high school. And you think you're one of those boys. Let me know. I feel like I got sidetracked with that. But this all is just what I've been thinking about and really enjoying the process of recently. This, like, coming back to myself. This honoring 
of who I was at 15, and acknowledging how well I really did know myself then, that's, that's really cool, I think, to think about and to utilize in my life right now. Thank you for coming along for another chat. You can still sign up anytime before the end of the month if you want to get in on January's issue of the Mindful Narcissist Zine. This month I'm going to be offering a six-month bundle for anyone who might want a trial run of the zines, or if you just prefer to get them all at once rather than monthly. I'll only be offering five of those bundles, so it is first come first serve. There are now three available. I'm also going to open an option up to current subscribers. If you haven't been subscribed from the beginning, you can order issues you might have missed. The bundle will be 35 US dollars plus shipping, and you'll get six issues of the zine plus the mini intro zine. The individual zines, if you're already a patron, will be six US dollars each plus shipping. DM me if you're interested in either of those options and we'll talk shipping, and uh, I'll be taking payment to reserve your zines via PayPal or Venmo. You can also sign up to be a general patron if you just like the podcast and want to offer some support but not receive a zine. Both tiers are €4.50 or US dollars and the link is patreon.com slash themindfulnarcissist. You can follow me at CaitlinW for daily Mindful Narcissist content and reminders and announcements about the podcast. As always, like, share, review, all that good stuff, and my DMs are always open. I'll see you next week for another chat. Mwah!